0: a follower of Jesus. is the most important thing in my life. The most healing, healthy thing for the human brain is a belief in God and prayer. Hi, I'm Dr. Alex Lloyd and welcome to the Spiritual Laws of Nature. And this week we are on um, question number two of the series The Five Questions. Okay, Last, Last time we did What is the Meaning of Life? If you haven't seen that I would watch it before this. I think it'd make more sense to you. This is the second one. What is your individual particular purpose in Life, And this path is for uh, those who believe in Jesus, as I do. Uh, If you do not believe in Jesus, the other track is uh, for anyone and everyone. So you might check that out as well. Okay. Please remember, you have the total right to disagree with anything I say, okay? Uh, what I'm going to share is my two cents, okay. But go to Scripture, pray, be led by the Holy Spirit. Don't don't just take what I say. All right. Um, if you are a if you believe in Jesus, if you are a believer, the term is said a lot of times. Um, if you would call yourself a Christian and I, I can't say anyone who would call themselves a Christian, but, but a, lot of, a lot of people that would, then what is your particular purpose in life? Well, I think one of the biggest things is for you to understand the difference between fake love and real love And to see from Scripture that what God calls us to is real love, not fake love. And that most people who are believers, Christians, whatever, in my experience over the last 30 years, are living their life by fake love. Okay? Now, why am I going straight to this? Because if if you believe in Jesus, you already believe in love. Okay? Um, um, Jesus was asked, What's the, Is there a greatest commandment? What's the greatest commandment? A lot of times he wouldn't answer them. Sometimes he'd ask, answer a question with a question, you know. But this time, he directly answered their question and even went further than the question. He said, It is to love God and love others. And they didn't ask him this part. And he said, It's love. Love God, love others. And secondly, even though they didn't ask him, Jesus answered them directly, saying, Yes, there absolutely is. It's love God, love others. And then number two, which he hadn't even asked, which they hadn't even asked him, he went further than they asked. If you do that, you've done it all. The whole law is summed up in that. If you do that, you've done it all. And then, and then in Romans, Paul is, is trying to get them to understand grace, which comes from love. Love would always choose grace for the recipient of its love, not law. All right. So, love and grace... Always go together. So Paul is trying to get them to understand, particularly in Romans, this thing grace, and you can just tell their head is about to explode and they're thinking this makes no sense at all. If this is true, we could just go out and intentionally sin more and more and more and still be saved. If what you're saying is true, and there's no way that can be right. That's a given, right? (laughs) And Paul's answer is, Yes, it is right. You could go out and intentionally sin more, and it is covered by magnificent grace. All right? So, that's it. If if you live your life in love, in right relationship with God in love, in right relationship with others as best you can from your side. You can't tell them what to do, but as far as you are concerned, you have made everything right that needs to be made right and are doing your best to have every relationship you have, including yourself, in love. To me, that's 90% of your purpose, okay? Uh, just to do that, and it doesn't matter so much whether you do it as a janitor or a lawyer or a medical, a medical doctor or a farmer. Doesn't that doesn't matter so much? Whatever it is that you're doing, are you doing in love? Because that's what this whole thing is all about. That is what the faultless religion is. That is the criteria to be invited in at the transition from this earthly life to eternal life, okay, that's the criteria, all right? Well, after deciding what you believe is the correct de facto worldview, which is, at least I think for this group, for me, it is God, Jesus, the Holy Spirit, the Church, the Kingdom, the Word of God, etc. Okay? So my purpose is to get up every day and pick up that love and truth banner, metaphorically, and take it wherever I go, whatever I do, day after day after day. Now others may not love me. It's okay. It's not my job. I will mess up all the time. That's okay. It, it's not of works, lest anyone should boast, right? It's all grace, all right? So if I do just do that, I would not feel at all shortchanged about your life at the end of your life, and I don't think you would feel that way either because I've counseled a lot of those people. On the other hand, if you do what most believers I've met do, if you do what I did until 28, and it almost cost me everything in my life, you would say, yes, that is my purpose, to live in love. And yes, I am living in love, probably. And if someone asks, do you love your spouse? Do you love your child? Do you love your parent? Do you love, you know... Your answer is probably right off the bat. Yes, of course. Well, that was my answer too. And I was not really loving. I was doing fake love instead of real love. And I'm not going to go through that whole thing again. I would encourage you to go back and and watch The Greatest Principle uh, where that is fleshed out in detail. Okay, So if you haven't seen that, go watch that, but I'll just tell you that um, to sort of give you an overview, fake love is all about me getting what I want, which is seek pleasure and avoid pain. And as long as you can help me in that and relationship with you gives me more pleasure and less pain and is a benefit to me, then I'll be nice to you and help you along and be encouraging and all that. But if you start taking away from me, in my opinion, okay, causing me pain instead of pleasure, keeping me from pleasure that I want, maybe, all right, then I'm not going to keep acting in love toward you i'm going to become something in the anger family and that's how you tell if if you're in the wrong camp if you're in fake love as opposed to real love if you if 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 a person does something and you feel something in the anger family anger irritation frustration resentment bitterness google it there's a whole bunch of emotions related to anger and if you are experiencing that, chances are you're living fake love, not real love. Alright, what is fake love? It's what's, it's what's in it for me. I will love you as long as I have more pleasure than pain from loving you. But if you start causing me too much pain, I either withdraw and get away from you, or I just kind of start living my own life, even if we're in the same vicinity, because it works out better for me to do that some way. But it's really what's in it for me, all right? And you know if you're there by experiencing something in the anger family, all right? On the other hand, if you are truly committed to to right relationship with God, Jesus, you're truly committed to living your life in love as best you can. What are the components of that? Well, most of you already know them. All right, um, love is patient. Love is kind. It doesn't. It does not envy. All right. It does not boast. It is not proud. It is not rude. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. What are Well, then, we are angered sometime? Yes, if it is a life or death situation or if it's a situation that would anger God, godly anger, like if a child is being mistreated or something like that. But outside of that, If I experience anger, it means I'm in fake love, not real love. Okay, let's go on. It's not easily angered, keeps no record of wrongs. Can you say that? Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects. It doesn't just ignore the issue or turn your back. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love suffers all things, and love never fails. Okay, so are you living that kind of love that you will never give up no matter what, and even if they do something you do not want them to do, or they don't do something you do want them to do, do you not experience something in the anger family? Are you just sort of disappointed, but then right back to, but I I want them to be happy, whatever they want. Or, when they don't want to do what you want, is it something in the anger family? Alright? In the anger family, most likely, fake love. Which is really pride and selfishness in disguise. Alright? Disappointment, and then right back to love, that's the love path. That's real love. Nothing held back, no plan B, no safety net. No matter what it takes, no matter what are the circumstances or the results, forever, no matter what. So, I would say that, living real love instead of fake love, and that passage describes it, and as well as the things about the anger family, that's 90%, I would say, of your specific purpose. The other part is two things. Number one, the will and providence of God if, for your life if He has a particular design for your life. And then the third one I would say is taking a look at yourself. All right. Uh, My wife, Hope, loves personality tests. Myers-Briggs, the DISC, Enneagram, uh, she really enjoys those. In fact, uh, has thought many times about doing something like that professionally. She enjoys it so much. Yeah, take some of those. Uh, Usually, after you take the test, it'll have a number of of professions or uh, working situations that you would be best at with that personality. Okay, Take two or three of them. They're usually pretty cheap. You can take them online now, stuff like that, and, and see what they say that you would be good at or you would be best at. All right, uh, Take my emology test that diagnoses your unconscious to give you your strengths and your weaknesses in every area of life. Then, ask yourself a couple of questions. Number one, what am I best at? Okay? What would other people say? So ask them. What am I best at in your opinion? Okay? What do you love doing the most? I would ask yourself that and I would ask others who know you really well. What does it seem like to you I love the most? Okay, and number three, what are your circumstances and opportunities? Okay, if you're in a third world country or, or you're just in a place where you've got to do whatever you can do to eat, certainly understand what you're best at and all that stuff probably needs to be put on hold for a bit. Okay, but do whatever that is that you're doing to eat Dig ditches, empty the trash, whatever, from a place of love. Okay? And let me tell you, you do that, you do something you don't enjoy doing, but you stay in a place of love, joy, and peace internally. Okay, man, that is the high country of of spiritual living. That is difficult to do. So There's an opportunity, maybe, to exercise your spiritual muscles and grow. If you are not in a situation like that, and you can kind of choose what you do to some extent, then, yeah, check out all the possibilities. Ask yourself, what am I good at? Ask yourself, what am I best at? Ask yourself, what do I love or enjoy doing the most? And then maybe the last one, what do I internally, just sort of in my gut, in my body, what do I, how do I feel the best there? What am I doing or thinking when I feel that? and write all those down. Take all of them into consideration and then take a first step. Doesn't mean you're going to be doing that 40 years of your life. I'm not at all doing what I started out doing. In fact, I've changed several times. I believe if you keep at it, you know, patiently you will eventually get to a place where you are either loving what you do or doing what you love. Okay? But here's the important part to me. Your body, heart, mind, spirit are the most advanced frequency generators in the universe that far surpass any supercomputer or anything like that. Okay? And I would practice your... Feelings and thoughts uh, control centers in here and here's how you do it. It's very simple. Um, Let's take joy. I'd like to feel more joy. All right. Let me close my eyes. What are all the joy memories I can remember and let me write them down and maybe even rank them and put a 0 to 10. All right. Then, after praying and meditating and sort of putting yourself back into one of the top joy memories, just really feel that joy all over again, all right? Then, quit thinking about those memories and ask your mind and heart to create the thoughts and feelings, the frequency of joy without me being conscious of those memories, all right? And practice it, and then do it with peace, and then do it with uh, patience, and then do it with acceptance, and then do it with forgiveness, and then... And practice, 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 And, and I really believe, I've seen it many, many times, that you will get to a place where basically on demand... You can have your heart, mind, body create love, joy, peace, frequencies, feelings, thoughts inside you regardless of what is happening in your circumstances. And some of you will catch on to it faster than others. But 9 out of 10 people in my private practice that I've helped do this have gotten to a place where they could do it like this. And it was very profound and really changed their life. Okay? So, yes, go out and find that thing for you. Either a calling of God, which is more more important than any of it, or this is what I'm best at, what I love, what I uh, enjoy the most, what I have the best internal feeling, and the best option out here as far as my circumstances and what's available to me. All right, let's start down that path, but always keep our mind and heart open to a new calling or a new opportunity or whatever. But regardless of any of that, the 90% purpose, in my opinion, is to commit to real love, right with God, right with Jesus, real love, in the present moment, regardless of my circumstances or the end results. And if I do that, I can be okay in anything. That's what Viktor Frankl discovered in the Holocaust. He said, I exercise the last of human freedoms, the right and ability to decide what my attitude and inward state would be regardless of my circumstances. He said those prison guards could beat my body. They could never get to that. And that's what saved his life and then what he dedicated his life to helping other people do for the rest of his life. He's one of my heroes, wonderful, wonderful man. You can still find some articles and uh, videos online uh, about him. I would read those. But that's the 90% is to commit to real love, right relationship with God, Jesus, right worldview, real love, not fake love, no matter what, nothing held back, no plan B, no no matter how long it takes, regardless of my circumstances, and am I experiencing anger or not? That That shows me, even if I don't know consciously, that unconsciously whether I'm doing fake love or real love. All right? So I hope that's helpful. Uh, So that is uh, number two, question number two. Question number three is either the biggest lie that will totally demolish your life or the greatest truth that. can take you to your best life. I don't remember which is next, but it's one of those. So hope to see you for question three. But please spend some time with question one and two first. They sort of lay the foundation. And uh, I, will, I hope you have a wonderful, blessed day. And I will see you for question number three.